This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 193, recorded on November 20th, 2014. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your homes. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studio here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And uh, no snow, Bellevue, Nebraska, by the way. Uh, it seems like the other parts of the country have been getting a ton, and we uh, maybe an inch or two. And, of course, we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at the Average Guy. TV. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show. Send me an email. Uh, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison or now call in those questions. And I've been holding on to a call that Kyle left about two months ago. Kyle, sorry about that. But at least Kyle got his name read every week as I apologize for not playing it that week. But, Kyle, we're going to actually start your call off here at the top of the show. 402-478-8450. That is a link if you go to the show notes. In every single episode, you can on your phone, you can just click that link in the show notes. It'll automatically call me if you're thinking you want to leave a question. That's what Kyle does. He's uh, he get, He'll be thinking of something. He just calls me and leaves the question right there. Kyle, thanks for calling in. And now the Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. You can find the links to this show and many other great podcasts. And we've been adding, uh, we're going to be adding a few more to the Geeks Network out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Join us in chat. Watch or listen live on YouTube, Spreaker, and Mixler. And now find all the navigation that you'll need for everything Average Guy out at the Average Guy. TV. All right, we got a good show uh, headed out for you tonight, and uh, super excited. I booked Ryan Parker about, it seems like, a year ago, and uh, it wasn't that long, maybe two months ago. Ryan's been on before. He's the food, the food craftsman, and he's out at foodcraftsman.com. And Ryan, thanks for coming on. Jim, it is a pleasure to be back. I'm so excited to be here, to be honest with you. <clears throat> it's been a long time since I've been behind the microphone, and... Uh, your show has been my my rock, bringing me back. Good, my touchstone Good. to the uh, the podcasting community. So thank yeah. you for having me. I really appreciate it. No, I'm glad you came back on. I was excited when you said yes. Uh, super excited about that mustache that's going on there. You didn't have that the last time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's going so on there? You are recording in in November, and so for the month of November, it's obviously Movember, which is uh, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. So I grew this wonderful, uh, what is it, horseshoe-style mustache uh, earlier this week. And I, it, was, it was great until it got down to just about the chin. And then I had these, like, white snowballs on my chin. So I had to, I had to you know, trim it down a little bit. And now I really look like a 70s overweight porn star. So... <laughs> It's That's pretty always bad. the danger. That's always the danger. I it's never do it. I don't. It, it just doesn't. Next look good year on you're going to do it though, Jim. Right? Uh, I probably should. But we're going to have a commitment you. from you today, right now. Right now, Jim, next year, we're right. going to get you next year. Well, the just, great thing is, okay. is my dad. When I was growing up, my dad had a mustache until I was probably I don't know, ten or eleven years old, and I've got a younger sister. And so she was probably six, and he had like one of those big, like Magnum PI mustaches. Yeah, big right? full. Like, yeah, yeah, totally like over the lip, everything. <laughs> and uh, one day he decided to shave it off, and 
it my sister who was six at the time it just scared her to death because she didn't know who he was without his mustache and so i actually conned him into uh growing his mustache again for movember and uh i'm waiting to see the final update on it but he had this really actually beautiful goatee going that was just snow white so I'm gonna have my mother send me an, an update pick and I'll I'll forward it along to you so you can awesome. so you can see the the sweet mustache oh, that he grew that for is, for me. That's awesome. Well it for me it, I get to have these two gray patches, you know, you were talking about that right down here on the corner yep. of my chin. And it's just ridiculous. And mm-hmm. so I've done it a couple times. No not many pictures exist of a, of of me doing that, but I, I almost I was tempted to do it this year, and then I just the the problem is I don't have the right gear. I need to get the right tech gear, yeah. you know, keep it trimmed, and because like I if I stop shaving for like a weekend, it's it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I it's not a problem growing it; it's a problem maintaining it. And I I'm a I just shave it, just shave and be <laughs> done with it. Right. That's the well, I have guy. a couple. I have a couple great, you know, actual trimmers and stuff like that for beards and mustache but mine just grows in in such a weird <laughs> fashion yeah. that i can't actually shape it to look good yeah so <laughs> i usually i usually just go with sometimes i'll do like the five o'clock shadow you know like the 80s yeah. 90s george michael yes you know look careless whisper yes exactly but <laughs> It's like this, I mean, this, you can look at it. And like, if you look above my lip and just below my nose, like it's like misshapen. It's, it's horrible. It, it looks almost like looks kid. fake. It almost yeah. looks fake. Exactly. It looks like a kid actually, uh, shaved my, my mustache for me. Well, that's awesome. Well, Hey, let me warn people. Uh, I love just chatting with Ryan. We're not, you know, you, the guys, you come every week and we have a big tech show. We're not going to talk a lot of tech tonight. We are going to talk some tech. We're going to talk food. Um, if, uh, you know, r- what Ryan does, uh, for a living is all around food. So I, every time he's on, I like to talk about that. So if you're in it for the tech, uh, you might want to just move on. Nah, if you're in it for a food. great conversation and some food conversation, stay around. We're going to have a great show tonight. I just want to warn you on that, uh, that kind of front. Ryan, let's catch up with you a little bit. Uh, the last time uh, we chatted, you were you you were employed. Uh, <laughs> That's a real fake mustache right there for you. Hold on, I got it. Let me focus on you. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Is it, is it on straight? It's that's not bad. There it's you not, go. It's not. It's not. It's not bad at all. Good it's work. My favorite color. So. That's, <laughs> Well, I don't, and I don't know if I can take you seriously with that thing on. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yes. No, that's good. I'll put it on my beer. We uh, let's catch up with you. What uh, What are you up to? What are you doing? What's going on in life? I know oh. you haven't been podcasting as much, but you're coming back. So what's going on? I am. You know, I'm making a comeback. You know, it's like uh, I felt I had jumped the shark a little bit. If you're familiar with that phrase. Oh yeah. Um. You know, it was just a, it was at a time as we, you know, we were chatting a little bit. We, you know, I was working with Whole Foods for a while and uh, I was working on one of their pilot programs and they, you know, they are very um, conscious of what they, conscientious of what they do. And uh, they decided to cut back in some of their pilot programs and I kind of got caught up in that net, you know. And uh, so, which was fine. Uh, they, they made a smart business decision. As you can see, they're, 
their stock prices have gone skyrocketing the last couple of weeks, which is awesome. But um, so anyway, I got caught up in that. And so I've been, I left Whole Foods in mid-September and I kind of decided to have a little adventure for myself too. And I started driving for Uber and I live in the Bay Area. So I started driving for Uber in San Francisco. It was kind of a challenge of like, I just wanted to see what it was all about and see if you can actually make money doing it. And I, I do fairly well. I've, you know, replaced my income for the most part. <clears throat> Excuse really? Me. With yeah. dri- just driving for Uber? Just driving for Uber. Oh, okay. Um, but it took a and, – and so the one, part of the reasons why I kind of delayed producing more show episodes is it took me a long time to figure out the timing and the groove, like when I needed to drive in order to make sure like I was making the money I needed to make in, in certain times. And I'm still tweaking it. Like I, I have a feeling that this weekend's going to be interesting because I'm going to do my first like late night, you know – taking people home from the club type you know uh, yeah. shift yeah, so like the, the drunk the, the drunk. 10 the 10 p.m to 2 a.m kind of shift yeah yeah could be, could be good the, for tips could be awful right right exactly yeah. and that's exactly yeah. what i called it i you know people that i have in the car you know always ask me like well you know when do you normally drive and i actually do kind of like the commuter shift in the morning 5 to 10 a.m and then i'll pick up a couple nights during the week uh, where I'll do like five to eight thirty or something like that, and so I'm gonna try my first drunk shift, and that's exactly what I call it is the drunk shift. And so I'm I'm a little nervous about it, but from what I understand, like there's there's money to be made in them there hills, so I'm gonna give it a whirl. Oh, good. Well, that's that's tech related. I mean, from that standpoint, we actually uh, so Uber and Lyft here in Omaha. Uh, the Omaha, it's it's illegal here in the city of Omaha to run your own cab company, and mm-hmm. nobody nobody believed. They're like, no, we're going to do it anyways, right? And there was some things going on around here. The city, uh, the they ran a sting operation, and today filed misdemeanor charges against twenty Uber drivers. Oh wow! Uh, for driving for carrying passengers illegally in the city of of Omaha, and it's it's caused kind of a stink, you know. People, the, the 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 city fathers and mothers said it was going to be this way. They're like, "Look, this is illegal. You can't. I don't care if it's the internet. It's illegal in, right. in you know to do this." So it's interesting that uh, as you talk about this, that um, you know you've moved to that. Obviously, in California in the Bay Area, not a problem with that. Not at the moment, but um, they. It was, what's interesting to me is. Um, a while back, they made it legal to drop people off at the airport, and just this month, that month, just this month, they actually signed an agreement with uh, the San Francisco's International Airport, where uh, Uber drivers will be allowed to pick up at the airport too. But they haven't hashed out the details and and really announced exactly how that's going to work. I have a feeling we're going to kind of be put in a holding pen, and there'll be a specific spot for us to pick up. If somebody you know requests a ride, right? You know, right. and and honestly, it's kind of an adventure. You know, it's and, and it's also a very good test of my patience <laughs> uh, driving for Uber. So, you know, I'm notoriously not patient with a lot of people, but it has been a, a learning experience. So I'm I'm glad that I've done it, and I can see myself doing it for a little while until you know I find the next big adventure that I want to do. Yeah, are you getting repeat customers? Actually, yeah, I have a couple uh, on that commuting shift where I'm either taking them to the airport because they travel each week for for business. 
some of them are recruiters, salespeople. And, you know, it just so happens that I'll get them at least once a week or every other week. Uh, you know, and one's a, a yoga instructor who teaches the same class at 6 a.m., you know, on Tuesdays. So I, I tend to get her every every other week or every three weeks. So, you know, it, it's interesting to, to at least I know who they are now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that makes it kind of interesting, right? I mean, from that you, it, they become like coworkers. You kind of know them, <laughs> you, right? I mean, I know them for 10 minutes at a time. Yeah, but you do enough times and you I'm sure once and then as they get to know you, it'll open up. Shoot, I was in um I was in Gainesville, Florida for a recruiting trip this uh-huh. last fall. And we when we first got there, we got in a cab and the guy was super nice. Mm-hmm. And in Gainesville, all those cabs are independent. So oh, there okay. isn't like a there isn't like a you know mafia, uh, right. the mafia of cabs. So uh, he was like he gave us his card and he was super nice and he's like hey just call me I will pick you up anywhere right mm-hmm. and so for the rest of the week well we were there just for two days for the rest of that the time we were there we called him and he he shuttled us all over right yeah and was super reasonable about it. And uh, I took his card. I'm like, hey, I said, if I come back to, if I come back in the spring, I'm just going to call you. You're my guy. And he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to be your guy. And so it was interesting that, you know, that, I, and we knew him. I mean, I felt like I could talk to him when we were done. He was, oh yeah, he exactly. became a friend. So I think you, with this, with Uber, you could. Well, you know. Jim, I have to say, you know, with you, it's very, very easy to become your friend. <laughs> you know, like it, you don't make it hard. To, to become your sure. friend, and that's sure. a, a sure. wonderful, wonderful quality that you have, is that you either you're very good at you're a very good actor, or you are very genuinely interested in what what people do, and I think that's a, a quality that um, is hard to come by in a lot of people. And and for you, I think it's kind of that natural put people at ease and make them feel good about themselves, and then you show that genuine interest too. So. People want to become your friend, and so I think that's a great thing, and and I'm I'm glad for that. And so I don't think it was a superficial thing where you kind of felt like he was your friend and you could talk to him. I think it was a you know you you actually plant those seeds for true friendship, which is yeah. awesome. No, well, thanks for saying that. That's nice, nice of you to say that. It is so interesting that you're doing Uber. We'll have to check back in with you uh, <laughs> next time and see. Uh, Ken had asked in chat. He said, "Do you line your car with plastic?" And uh, is it dangerous for your interior during the drunk shift? I haven't done the drunk shift yet, yeah. but I am considering the you know car seat covers for it. Um, it's dangerous when it rains because, like yesterday, I had a um, a young lady get in the car who um, had a guide dog, and so it's something that's not dangerous, but it gets can, can get messy, and so you know her her guide dog got in and got on the seats well it was raining out and that's a dog there's not much you can do about it other than to let it happen mm. now if it's not a guide dog i can just say i don't allow dogs and i tend to do that for you know larger dogs but at the same time it's like you know I, my whole mission is to get people to where they want to go you know safely and efficiently and sometimes i'm not as efficient as i need to be in terms of knowing the city just quite yet but it's i'm getting there Come on. And so I assume you're using GPS for everything. You get your, there's technology, you get all your, your drivers, or I mean, you get all your passengers through, I assume it comes in through an app or how, yeah, it how comes does, in how through the Uber driver app. So uh, you can provide your own phone or you can basically rent a phone from them. 
um, and it's got the Uber driver app on it. And so a request comes in and you, it tells you where they are and you can ask it to navigate there for you if you don't you know, know where they are. Because there's a lot of actually like small alleys and uh, one-way small tiny little streets in San Francisco that the average person may not know about. So yeah, I do use navigation to get to a lot of places. And then I actually use my own phone and I just run Google Maps on it uh, because it's got the live uh, traffic updates through Waze now. Mm-hmm. Since they bought Waze, they've incorporated mm-hmm. that into that the Google Maps app, which which works out really well. Oh, that's cool. No, it's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I went into this show not knowing that at all. I had kind of left. <laughs> I hadn't asked you a lot some of the stuff because I, I like the kind of the thrill of the live. You know, getting this yeah, information sure. from you, responding to it, and that's really cool. Uh, that I, I've, I've not known anybody who's done that yet, and there's a lot of apprehension. I think. A lot of people are worried about safety and being safety in the as the driver mm-hmm. um, for that, and so it's just uh, it's just one of those things I think people have. Well, have you felt unsafe at any point? No. Um, when I do, I don't stop. It's very simple. Oh, okay. I, I make that judgment call for myself. Uh, I was in an area in Oakland that just seemed a little out of place for myself, meaning uh, it didn't look like there was somebody like ready to come out to the car and get in and use the, use the service. So I pulled up and I kind of looked around for a minute and I was like, yeah, I just, something seems off. So I just drove away. And after I drove a block or two, I canceled the trip and I make sure that I press don't charge the, the rider. So they don't get charged for anything, but they do have to call another, another, I bet they're pissed too, but (laughs) (laughs) well, it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you talked a little bit about safety on the passenger's part. And when I first started doing this, I would I would talk to especially the the women who would get in the car. I wanted to I wanted to find out their thoughts about it because it is you know a big safety issue. And you know they said actually I feel a lot safer in an Uber car because I know when they're going to show up. I don't have to wait on the corner for a cab to come by or randomly you know wait for you to show up. I know that you're a block away or you're two miles away. I have a record of whose car I've been in and the route we took. So there's some, there's some, you know, there's some safety, at least goodwill there. Now I've read the stories about the guys who, you know, have gone crazy as Uber drivers and done some weird stuff, but you have all that stuff in any industry that, you work in i've had chefs throw knives at me you know (laughs) growing up you know so it's not it's it's not a damnation of the of the profession as a chef right it's that guy was crazy you know yeah and something made him snap yeah happens anywhere from that standpoint Mm -hmm. and and uh interesting you know i i find the model fascinating and so it'll be just interesting to see how this progresses here's where i here's where Here's the conversations that I've been trying to have. Is Uber a technology company? Are they a transportation company? Or are they just a a service company? You know, those are the three questions that I have because really if you're a technology company, the technology itself is not all that complicated. You know, it's kind of a message relay system and GPS. I mean, that's the core of it. And they have some really neat features like, 
um, I don't get a person's actual cell phone number. I have a general number that I could hit in the app and it, and it sends a, either a phone call or a text message to the person who is currently connected with me. So once the, once the um, ride ends and I move on to the next rider, I don't have access to the person that was in the car before. So I, I never see somebody's actual phone number, et cetera. I have an Uber number that I just hit and it, it relays messages back and forth. But if they're, if they're a technology company, then there's actually, there's a lot of improvement that can be made. If they're a transportation company, they're doing a great job. And if they're a service company, they're a great job. So if we really want to focus on their technology, there's a lot of, a lot of improvements that can be made in terms of their location services, et cetera. Like sometimes it's a block off here or there, or I've had one that's been like a, a half a mile off at some point. And sometimes that's a user error. And sometimes that's just the app itself recognizing where your location is. Uh, a really good example of, of their improvement that needs to happen is during busy times. A good example is Halloween. During that weekend, Halloween night was what, Friday this year? Yeah. Yep, Friday and night. so it was a, it was like one of the busiest Uber nights of the year and their network went down and you couldn't log in to the service as a driver for 45 minutes to pick up, you know, so I lost 45 minutes of quote unquote work time where I couldn't, you know, provide the service that I'm out there to provide. So there's some small things that, you know, can happen here or there. And so when you're relying on somebody else's technology, you're kind of at their mercy and that's a, a big issue for myself. What's the, Ken asked this question, um, who can report issues, who can you report issues to, and who can, re, who can they report issues about the drivers? How does that work, and how are drivers held responsible? Okay. Um, so let's take that first part of the question, who can I report issues to? Is Ken asking about, like, networker yeah, so say you get issues? a bad no, like say you get a bad uh, you get a bad passenger for whatever reason, or okay. they 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 don't pay, or I guess it's because it's all the pay is all handled through the app. Yeah, right? the pay so is all handled through the app. You don't have to worry so, about that. Well, here's a an example is very. The great news is is the passenger rates the driver, and the driver rates the passenger. So, <clears throat> the first week I was doing it, and I don't know if maybe I was just tired and being oversensitive, but. The first week I, I started driving for Uber, um, I had an older gentleman who got in the car and he said, I want to go to X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. I was like, great. And so I started you know, plugging into the GPS to see what Google had to say. And he goes, well, I want you to take California to this, to that, to that. And I was like, okay, well, if you have a specific route you like to take, I'm happy to do it. And he goes, well, I should know. I've only lived there 40 years. Mm. And he was just kind of a prickly kind of guy. And I think it was just the time of day because I had driven him about maybe 100 feet. And I turned and, and pulled to the side of the road and just said, you know, I'm going to ask you to get another Uber driver and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you out here. And his response was, well, if you do this, I'm going to give you a really bad review. And I said, I would really love it if you gave me a one-star review. Because that ensures that you will never be in my car again. <laughs> and so it works both ways. So if, if I don't like the passenger or they do something or they're inconsiderate or rude or 
or more than that, I can rate them below a three and I'll never have them picked up again. Now, if there's something that's more of an issue, you just you do more of a, just a direct email, but there's no direct phone call or contact uh, with them currently. And they have a driver center out here in San Francisco. I'm not sure if they have it in other cities where they have a, an actual place that you can go to and speak to people. Mm-hmm. But if I have a if I have trouble with a, a passenger, I just make note of the trip number and I and I'll include it in my email and describe what happens. If somebody you know messes up my car or gets sick in the drunk, you know during yeah. the drunk shifts or something yeah, yeah. like that, I can actually stop for a second and take pictures of what you know what has happened and actually charge a cleaning fee so it'll i'll be reimbursed for it good yeah you know but it works both ways too so if i'm if i'm kind of a jerk to a passenger they can they can report that as well or it can be just as simple as um you know rating me below a three yeah and i imagine if you get enough of those uber stops sending you customers exactly i think if you i I think the numbers like if you get below a 4.6 you have to go in for driver training, you know, another how to driver be nice. training. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how you be. These are customers. You be nice to them. Yeah. Well, I had a gentleman. I had a gentleman who actually drove. I took Uber as a passenger, and we kind of got to talking about, you know, we we're both Uber drivers, and we were talking about it. But his Uber rating was a 4.2, and he had been doing it almost exactly the same amount of time that I had been doing it. And at the time, I had a 4.91 rating or something like that. Um, but what I'm seeing, I mean, he was a poor driver, not that he didn't know the city or, in fact, we weren't even in the city. I was in Oakland at the time, so it wasn't even San Francisco, but it was just, um, it was a jerky motion. Mm. You know, he wasn't quite sure where he wanted to go, even though I was giving him directions. Um, and so I think also part of it was a language barrier. And I think you get lower ratings if English is not your your native language and you don't understand it or can communicate it very well. I think I think you get lower ratings for that and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I think it's just a preference of the passengers like I want to be able to communicate with my driver. Yeah, I think that oh well, people complain about that all the time. You know, I'm going to get a taxi. They're not going to understand me. It's I'm going to you know I I don't feel like you go to a new city and you're not sure if they're taking the right or the most efficient route and you know and that's just, actually part of the reason why I use GPS too and I have it displayed on my dashboard so everybody can see it. You know, I that's one of the reasons why I put it in Google Maps is so they can see that I'm not like just randomly driving the city because they're not from here. Um, and some people still have a specific route they like to take. Mm-hmm. And you just take and them and I just, just tell you where to go and you just, yeah. you just do it. Well, that's well cool. what I've learned, what I've learned is when they start saying, well, I'd like you to go down this street and that street, I'll say, great, I'm happy to do it. Just make sure that you stay involved and in giving me directions throughout the trip so we don't miss a turn. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big help. What's the, what's the longest trip that you've taken with a customer how how does that work i took um from san francisco to palo alto it was an hour and a half trip and it was uh regular rate so it was like 80 some dollars not bad i mean it's pretty good um i think that's good for you right that's a good the longer the route the better right it is for you yeah exactly exactly so you know the guy was like, you know, I'm really sorry, but I need to get to Palo Alto. And I was like, 
that's totally fine with me. Like, that's actually what I'm here for is to take you places. So if you want to go to Palo Alto, <laughs> that's that's totally fine. If you want to go to South San Jose. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it comes down to. Yeah. So, you know, I had, I had one do that. And I had another gentleman who um, I picked up in San Francisco. And it was literally three times surge pricing. And uh, he said, you know, I want to go to Palo Alto, but I don't want you to go through the city. I want you to take this particular route. I'm going to show you what, the way that I like to go. And I was like, fine. He goes, it's going to be longer, but it's it's a cooler like view, and I just don't want to drive through the city. Totally cool. So we get down there. It was 190 some dollars for you know an hour trip, and he was totally fine with it because his company pays for it. Mm. You know, he's a, he was a. A member of a, I guess I won't say the the company, but a a, a really forward thinking tech company that creates thermostats for your home. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's awesome. Well, it's interesting. And then, yeah, from that standpoint too, uh, you know, you can you could almost kind of can you advertise at all that you're? I mean, say I'm the I'm the Uber driver for tech people because I'm a tech guy i don't know know. it's all based on you know the vicinity of the request so i mean it's not there's a couple other you know rideshare companies out there that that you can actually set your own rate number one and you can actually have a private client list i haven't done those yet which Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about doing because there are certain people that i'm sure i could be like hey i'll just save you five bucks you know on this trip just give me a call and let me know that you need to you need a ride and I know that you take this trip every week. You know, yeah. I could possibly do that. I just haven't de- I haven't decided whether or not it's worth it. You sure, know? sure. And you could the, to the Palo Alto trip. You could potentially pick somebody else back up and bring them into the city, right? At that point, Is right. That- so I had a I had one person that I took to Palo Alto last week, and um, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to Palo Alto, and then I got to drive back an hour. And and all these times are different because it all depends on time of day and, and traffic, right. et cetera, right. because it is literally all highway driving. Right. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll drop her off and I'll see if there's any need for passengers there. And I think her her total was 70-some dollars. Uh, and it was a good hour-long trip to get down to where, to, to where she needed to go. I get there and there's surge pricing at the train station and I get a request, and I take a guy probably 15 minutes across town, and it was $40. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's all relative to that, that surge pricing yeah, model. Yeah, and uh, we, we cab it from DFW in Dallas out to Richardson, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a little jaunt. Uh, it's probably half an hour for us to get out there. That's a $65, $70 cab ride, you know, mm-hmm. by the time we get out there. I have to take the cab whenever I get to USC. I have to take the cab from LAX to... USC and that's a $65 cab ride and that's mm-hmm. actually 20 minutes and it's 65 yeah. bucks. Well, because they there. have they have minimums too that, right. that go along with right. it and and I think some of the ta- you know here's number 1 I got to say I don't begrudge any of the taxi drivers or that system. People want to use it great, that's fine. I have nothing against taxis. A lot of them know the city 10 times better than some of the Uber drivers that I know including myself. Some of them don't, but you know, I it's it's just a different business. So I would suggest to you that actually you go out and maybe even talk to Gallup and see if you can set up a, a business account 
with Uber, you know, and give that a shot. No, some of our, some of our executives have used it already. Yeah. Yeah. Because if like, for instance, if you're, if you're traveling by yourself, you know, to USC, et cetera, or even just one other person and you use Uber X, there's going to be plenty of room for your luggage and two of you can get to wherever you need to go. Like that $65 trip that you just talked about may only be 35 or $45. Yeah. No, I, I should probably, I should probably embrace it. You know, as a tech guy, I should, uh, I haven't set that up yet. And Randy, uh, Randy's offering to take me from DFW to Richardson <laughs> for 50 bucks. There you go. Uh, and that would be awesome. I get to meet him. So right. Randy, I will be in Dallas this spring. I'll give you a call. <laughs> he says, well, <laughs> not during rush hour. No, we always get there early in the morning uh, with with our trip. We we fly down to Dallas, first flight out of Omaha down to Dallas. So you know, we get in DFW about 9 o'clock, and so we miss the rush hour stuff. It's just um, uh, Texas or Dallas has got all those freaking toll tollways, and mm-hmm. otherwise I'd rent a car, you know, type right. deal. Um, so I know the Bay Area, you don't mess with tolls, but you got to mess with bridges. Well, we have Well, we have tolls on the bridge. Yeah. So... You know, and if I have a passenger in the car, they actually pay for the toll, whether I'm going in or out of the city. So, for instance, today I uh, picked up somebody in San Francisco who wanted to go to the Oakland airport, which is unusual, but it happens. And they're, they're, they support the toll fee going out, out of the city because Uber is assuming that I'm going to have to come back in to continue to work or, you know. So I get reimbursed for some of that. My next big thing that I got to do is, which I didn't even think about this when I started driving for Uber. I thought, oh, I'm just a guy who's going to, you know, work for, you know, become a quote unquote partner for Uber, et cetera. And then I had an accountant guy get in the car and he was telling me, by the way, I've had some really cool people. I had a NASA rocket scientist in the car last week. In the Bay Area, especially. I mean, there's just, yeah, that'd be cool. She she told me all about the next like five space missions NASA was doing and how they partner with like the European Space Association, et cetera. It was really, really cool. So anyway, I didn't even start I didn't even think about it this way, but this is actually really my introduction into business ownership. You know? Um I really have to treat this as my business. And I I mean I treat my car it, it's I call it my little cash machine because, you know, I that's what's providing me money right now. So I call my little car, uh, my my little my little cash machine. I you know I wash it several times a week. Everything gets vacuumed and cleaned, and it looks great. But he's you know he started telling me he's like, listen man, he's like, you own your you own a business now, and you need to treat this like you own a business, which I thought was a, was really insightful. And he's like, go get an accountant and find out what you need to do in order to make sure your taxes are are taken care of. He goes, because there's a lot of advantages that you can take now with, you know, your taxes that you couldn't take before. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I every thought about a mile, right. Every yeah. single mile. Yeah. I thought about, you know, Oh, well I can do the mileage and that's going to be good enough. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, you can choose the mileage or you can choose to itemize and it all depends on your situation. So I'm not saying, you know, one is right or the other. Uh, chat room. I don't want. I don't, I don't want a tax <laughs> argument here because I haven't talked to my accountant yet, or I haven't yeah. gotten an accountant yet. But you know, he's like the phone you've got sitting on your dashboard there, the gas mile, not the gas miles, but the gas that you pay for, the car washes. Take your fiance out to lunch or, or dinner every once in a while, and you know, talk about business. Um, 
you know, just uh, he listed 10 or 15 things that I hadn't even thought of. And he's like, your car payment that you're making on this car, he goes, you could probably write off 90% of your car payment. He's like, that's just free money sitting there. Don't waste it. And so really you have to, you know, you know I want to talk to the accountant to find out whether or not, you know, taking the mileage is worth it or doing the itemized yeah. part is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe it's great. one or the other. This is when it's great to have a text guy. That's the, yeah. you just get, you get that done and they set you up and then the, you know, that's just a fee you pay, but you make it back in spades in yeah. And stuff. Um, Rennie was asking, what kind of vehicle do you use? Uh, I actually, well, when I started, I try when I, when I was trying this out to see if I could tolerate being in the car, um, my fiance has a Jeep Liberty, a 2007 Jeep Liberty. And I was like, she was like, you can use it. You don't have to worry about it. Just use it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was spending like $20, $30 in gas a day, excuse me, driving that around the city. And so we, we got together and talked and I said, look, I can do this for a couple months until, you know, something else comes out, something else comes along in the, in the space that I'm looking for, or, and I could pay that 20 or $30 in, in gas every day or every other day, or I can put that money into, you know, a car payment. So I actually went out and got a 2012 Prius C, which is their small, you know, Prius model. And, uh, you know, the payments are reasonable on it, and I get 53 miles to the gallon a, a day on average, you know. So I'm just putting that money back into a car payment versus paying for gas for every gas. day. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good, and you get a nice car. And yeah. it's, you're the, now you're the stereotypical Uber driver. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I bought the car, and as I was driving off the lot, I saw the Prius V which is like the large Prius version, the same shape and model of what I got, but it's like twice the size. And I was like, oh, I should have got that car. <laughs> like, that's the one. But I love uh, it. No, I yeah. get in and out of little tight spaces. And mm -hmm. the only thing I would say is don't get a white car. Yeah. It shows the dirt like crazy. And so when it rains out here, it looks like I ran through a mud puddle. I would never have thought when we we started this conversation. First of all, I had no idea we we're going to have an Uber conversation. But Me neither. I never would have thought the the condition of the car mattered. I I know it does. And as you talk about this, I go, oh, that makes sense. People want to get into a clean car, but exactly. I would have. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's why I cringed when the lady got in the car with the dog the other night, mm -hmm. and it was raining out. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to wash mm -hmm. the whole inside of this car. You need a dog anyway. blanket that's in the trunk. You could just. <laughs> You know, That's actually a really good idea. I actually just have it on hand. Couple no, towels. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually Boom. have a dog blanket. And when somebody says I've got a dog, I'm going to say that's totally cool. Here's the blanket to put down, and you have to sit on it too. If it's got a little bone on it or something, they'll the dog owners will love that, right? Yeah. They'll they'll be like, oh, you have a special blanket for my dog. I'm calling you back. That's, right? Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's a great cool. idea. I hadn't right. even thought about there that. There you go. There's a little. I looked added at it value. as. A, I looked at it as a, a hindrance, but that's actually a really great opportunity. Dog owners would love that to yeah. just take care of them a little bit and, and be like, yeah, no, 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 not a problem. But I do have this dog blanket and you pull it out and it's got a bone or whatever. And they're like, oh, like, you know, they'll just go crazy. Um, is our many, uh, Lopta was asking, are there many Uber drivers using all electric that you know of? Or you may not I know. See, in, I don't know. But in the city for me, like it seemed like an impossibility. Yeah. Not just because of where I live, I don't have the opportunity to plug in the car. And because I, I had thought about that, but then again, I also went with something that was you know readily available. You know, they're selling 
at the dealership I went to, they, I bought it in September. They sold 400 Priuses in a month. Mm. It's the number one selling car in California, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this is not a commercial forum, but I really like the car. You know, so I went with what was available and yeah. on the lot yeah. that I didn't yeah. have to wait for while I still had a verifiable income from Whole Foods Market. <laughs> That's right. You were up against the clock. Right? I was against the clock or I would have <laughs> I would have taken I would have taken some time to do it. But to be quite honest with you, I wish I had started three months prior. Okay. Because I know now that um you know, when I when I find something that I I want to do full time again, um I'm still going to do this, you know, a couple days a week. And whether I make $100 extra in a weekend or, or 500 extra in a weekend, you know, that's just going to be extra money to put towards things that, that we want to do, like yeah. move or yeah. take a vacation. It's like a side job. I, you know, yeah. I do podcast consulting on the side. Mm-hmm. I help several people out, you know, uh, record and produce and edit their podcasts. It's mm-hmm. nice to have a little extra cash that goes into my tech fund that, yeah. you know, we separated out. I told my wife years ago, hey, I'm going to, when I do this kind of work, that goes into my fund. That's my money. And I won't overspend on that account because uh, I was, you know, just pulling out of the general fund. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you need something, which is like every month, uh, you, you know, you, you tap in there. So yeah, that's a good idea. Kind of keep that around as, uh, as uh, you know, date money or, or whatever. Yeah. All that stuff. I mean, it, and it's, the funny thing is, is it's fun. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 90% yeah. of the time it's, it's kind of fun because I get to hear the cool stories and then the, the 10% actually sticks with you a little bit longer, you know, but 90% yeah. of the time it's, it's a good yeah. time. It's like, it's like anything, you know, from that standpoint, I think I'd really like doing it. I think that would be something. I think you, know. you would really, I wish I could find a way to actually record it, um, on occasion. Yeah. So, so I actually could create content from it. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen. Do you know who Jay Bear is? I, I know the name. I don't okay, know. So he's on yeah. Convince and Convert. Okay. Uh, dot com, I think. But he does a thing called uh, Jay Today, and it's a three-minute show that he records on his um, iPhone. And you, you and I talked a little bit early at the beginning about how I hadn't been doing podcasts. But I think, honestly, I think what I'm going to do is just set up a an iPhone um, holder in my windshield. And just record a few minute uh, video podcast. Just, I mean, I don't even think I'm going to make it a podcast. I think I'm just going to put it on YouTube for now. But just about the stuff that I normally talk about within food, et cetera, when I have the free time, like when I'm waiting for a, a ride, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I mean, I'd love to say when the, when the person comes in, hey, I'm a podcaster. And I would love a chance to just record this conversation that we're having. And, and you know, I, I'll ask questions about you. And, uh, you know, and most people would probably say no, but every once in a while you would have, and after you produce a couple of them, people might actually yeah. start looking for that, right? Yeah, like, I would, like I, I don't, the, the big, yeah, exactly. But I don't know, I'd have to dig deep into the terms of service because I have a feeling that's against terms of service. Yeah, but. probably. Well, you should be driving, not doing a podcast, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, you should be driving. I don't pay attention to where I go anyway. It's literally, I look at the little digital screen on my dashboard. And yes. go, okay, here we go. And, and according it's time to, to drive. According to Sarah, I'm not a very good driver anyways. And according to <laughs> one of the people I work with at work, I'm too slow. I drive like an old man. So apparently I'm not a very good drive either. Well, hey. I don't Ryan, drive very fast. So yeah, me neither. I, yeah. Me neither. I, I go the speed if limit. By the way, here's here, if you are late to your brunch reservation 
and you want me to get there fast, you should have called 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> exactly. Like Your I'm, lack of planning is not... Yeah, I'm yeah. going to drive and get us there safe. I need to make right. it home today. Do you get Let's people who say rush? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Stat. Oh, yeah. Got to get their stat. Like, oh, I'm behind. To, like, I literally had somebody in the car that was, you know, late for brunch. And I, well, our brunch reservation was 15 minutes ago. And by the way, we're driving five miles across San Francisco. So I need you to get there as fast as possible. Well, I'm going to get there as efficiently as I can. I just need to let you know that I don't run red lights or speed, but I'm happy to take you where you want to go. Yeah, that's good. It's good to have that set that in advance because you just don't want to. I mean, you know, you just don't want to uh, have that liability like I, there. So. I push through those yellow moving into orange and red lights, but I don't. You know, I try not to break the law. Randy says he's the guy to call when you're late. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, if, I, if I'm at DFW and I'm late, I will be calling you. I am calling you. Randy, can you get me to University of Dallas or University of Texas, Dallas in 10 minutes? And it's not rush hour. That's I'm calling Randy for sure the next time I get exactly. down there. Well, you know, that's a great conversation, um, Ryan. We didn't plan on going there, but uh, that was, yeah, I, I think, maybe the best part of the podcast, to be honest with you, as we talk about that. So I certainly never would have thought, and, and seeing that news today, I mean, that news about Uber in Omaha was just today. Um, funny how uh, Providence or coincidence or whatever you want to call it works mm-hmm. out, but uh very interesting story and fun just to catch up with you on that yeah. as well. Well, so. and just as a side note, they were doing a sting operation at the SFO airport up until the point where they uh, announced the agreement. People would come up to the car, you know, can you take me to so-and-so? And I'm like, no. Like, you don't even have luggage, dude. And you have the crappy mustache that I've got. So I know you're a cop. <laughs> just ask him if he votes, votes Democrat. And if he yeah. says no, you know he's a cop. Exactly. So. <laughs> You look like Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue. <laughs> and we're back to the mustache. <laughs> I, I like it. Well, I told uh, I, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I told, uh, I told you guys I would play uh, Kyle called in and uh, had a question about listening to the show on a mobile device, the live show with YouTube. And I want to encourage you guys to call these things in. It's great to get these kind of questions from you guys. And I can't always have you on the show, but to call 402-478-8450. Let's play um, Kyle's question. Hey, Jim. Uh, this is Kyle. Uh, this is uh, calling question number one of two. I don't remember what number two is right now, so I'll call back and leave it later when I remember. But it's the best part of the call. Yeah. Question one is about watching the podcast on a mobile device live. Um, if I go to theaverageguy.tv slash live, um, I can get the video um, and watch it in the browser in YouTube or YouTube in the browser, but it buffers a lot. If I can figure out how to get it to play on YouTube in the app on a Android, it seems to work pretty well. But the only way I've been able to figure out how to uh, get it's a play like that is to go to the desktop version of YouTube and I forget, I don't even remember, but I have to copy and paste it into the YouTube client. So there's basically not an easy way from Google Plus or YouTube to see what videos are being done live. I didn't know if I'm just missing it or if you got a solution for that or anything, but just thought I'd throw my two cents in there on that. So thanks. Bye. 
Awesome, Kyle. Thanks for the call. And, of course, Kyle is on the podcast from time to time, so always good to have him on. We'll have him back here as we get uh, into 2015. Kyle, the way to do that is go to theaverageguy.tv slash live or live2. And live2 is really better on your mobile device. It's kind of optimized for that. And then in the upper right-hand corner that just says YouTube, there's a little link. And if you just touch that, it will automatically then invoke you to go into the app on Android, and you can open it up inside the YouTube app and try it from there. So if you're still having problems with that, let me know. That's the way to do it if you want to listen to the show live on YouTube when we're live. the Really, the best way to do that, you get that started. You can't Once you're in the app, you can't flip out to the chat room. Otherwise, the the, uh, the video will start, stop. That's going to require a two-phone setup then. You're going to have to have one playing the video, one live in the chat room, and you'll be double fisting. Maybe you do the... Maybe you do the iPad or, or Samsung Galaxy Tab or Surface. Maybe you, you play the video on that and you chat on your phone. One of those two ways. Kyle, that's how you get it done. So thanks for doing And thanks for trying to listen to us live on your phone. Nothing like pushing the envelope to, uh, to listen to TheAverageGuy.tv. So I appreciate that um, getting done. Um, Ryan, while I had you, I want to talk a little food because Thanksgiving is coming up. And uh, this is the part of the show where we're going to get really hungry because we all really, I mean, we're tech guys, but we love to eat. And everybody sure. kind of has their own traditions coming around Thanksgiving. A while back, and I'm pretty sure this is on the AverageGuy.tv site, if you, if you go out and search bacon-wrapped turkey on my site, I'm pretty sure you're going to see a post from a couple years ago where I talk about uh, what I do now. And I don't literally wrap it. You can go on YouTube and look at turkeys that have been, like, weaved and wrapped <laughs> like that way. I don't get that crazy. I make this tinfoil sleeve that kind of goes around the turkey. Think of it like an envelope. And then I, I crunch it up on the ends so that it's it you know comes to a little hole in the top, and I leave it open. And then before I do that, I kind of layer the top of it with bacon mm-hmm. and pour some cheesy garlic Italian dressing in there, a few herbs. And uh, this is not healthy, by the way. Just, just yeah, it's, this is, Go, this is good. Have you seen me lately behind this mustache? <laughs> I am not. I'm not. I'm, I'm You're not, not a healthy man. And, and this, this is Thanksgiving and we go all out. But I've thrown an apple in the, you know, in the, in the hole. I've put garlic in there. Sure. Layer it with bacon. We cook it for about three hours on the grill. So I take the top rack off the grill, turn the turn it to about medium heat. Depends on how cold it is outside on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day, but here in the in the Midwest it can get pretty cold. Three, four hours, closer to three than to four. I test it to you know I, I use a meat tester to get to 170 degrees in the center. Oftentimes it's much hotter than that one, and and it still comes out very very moist and and interesting. Uh, it's really delicious. As as a food guy, mm-hmm. and every year I kind of change this up, right? I add different right. things. It's never the same twice. And so I'm getting ready. We're going to a big Thanksgiving um, family gathering here in town, uh, starting uh, with about 35 people in it. I'm cooking two of these. And two, I've done okay. two before, so it's not a big deal. Anything, when you think about turkey, what... what um, what else can I add to that, knowing it's kind of in an envelope, everything's sure. kind of cooking on the inside? What, what well, would you recommend I, I add to that? I, I really want you to uh, take a step back from before you get to the grill. Um, you know, When you get your turkey, make sure you thaw it out, obviously. Yep. Do you buy a frozen or do you buy a fresh? We, no, we buy frozen, and then I pull them out a day or so in advance and, okay. and put them in a, fridge, in a fridge to kind of start thawing. Okay, so what I would do, like you buy your frozen turkey, and then you pull it out of 
a day in advance from the freezer to let it thaw. What I would do at this point is get yourself a nice um, 20-quart, 30-quart uh, cooler, you know, like an igloo, you know, solid plastic cooler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would actually fill that up with about three-quarters of the way with, with just hot water, and I would add a couple cups of salt. Just some, regular table salt or sea salt or kosher salt. Yeah, okay. whatever you got. Okay. Whatever you got on hand. Mm-hmm. Like one or two cups of that. Taste that water. It should taste like the ocean, right? Okay. Like you, you don't want it to be too salty, but it should be salty enough, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, half a cup of honey or something sweet that you like, maple syrup maybe. Uh, black peppercorns, just throw in a quarter cup of those. Whole, you don't even have to, to crush them. And, um, you know, really solid, good three or four tablespoons of Tabasco or hot sauce. If you like Frank's or if you've got a special hot sauce that you like. We do a lot and, of Tabasco. Okay. And so really what you do is then you, like, let that chill down or come to room temperature. Put your frozen turkey in there. Okay. Add, you know, half a bag of ice and let it sit until you're ready to wrap it up in your envelope, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What you're going to do is you're going to be able to take all of those fla- all of that flavor and by the process of osmosis, um, you're really gonna you're gonna get all that salt and flavor go into the turkey itself. Okay, and you can let that sit as long. I mean, if it's cold outside, if it's thirty degrees or thirty five degrees outside, and you got a you know half a bag of ice in there, you can let it sit out in the garage. So it doesn't even take you know up space in the kitchen. I I brine, you know when I'm when I'm in Michigan for Thanksgiving, I can brine a turkey in a garage or just outside the garage in the backyard or something like that. It's cold enough. You just want to make sure that you check it far enough in advance that is thawed, you know, fully thawed. Because what's happening is is the the cells in the turkey really want the salination to be equal in the water that that is in the turkey, so the turkey meat itself. So it's going to suck in all that flavor with it. So I would start there. I, I I think that that's going to be a huge bonus for you. And, and is at that least a 24 give it 12 hours? Okay. At least give it 12 hours. Can you do but it too long? Can you brine for too long? No, because it's just going to equal out. So as long okay. as it's not too salty or too overpowering when you okay. taste it, okay. um, it's it'll work out fine. And a normal-sized turkey would thaw in that kind of water in a 12- or 18-hour period. Yeah, I'll give it a full 24 hours to thaw. Okay, okay. So if you want to make the brine rel- relatively quick, cut the water in half, put all that same amount of other ingredients in a, um, in a pot, bring it to a boil, and then add enough ice to it for it to chill back down and have a, have a nice – you want to taste the brine before right. you put the, per- the turkey in. And the key is the water being warm to mix all the salt in, to, right? Right, okay. but it has to be cold before you put the turkey in. God, yeah, or, yeah. or it'll – or bacteria forms. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> yeah. you want to keep it on, okay. you want to keep it below 40 degrees. So as long as you keep it below 40 degrees and above freezing, it's going to thaw out in about, you know, 18 to 24 hours. Okay. So 24 hours in advance, pull it out, begin to thaw, maybe uh, maybe the night before, make the mix, drop it in, let it go overnight, then in yeah. the morning make the make the sleeve. Do everything the, exactly okay. the way you do it. Okay. Give yourself a um, pull it out of the brine an hour before you put it in the sleeves and allow, actually allow it to on the countertop, you know, for about a half hour, 45 minutes, kind of dry out because your, your skin will get tacky okay. and it will actually create a nice crust on all the parts that aren't 
um, that aren't covered in bacon. Okay. You know? mm -hmm. And then secondly, you talked a little bit about your your the temperature that you had uh, that you you cook them to. I would lower that down to like one sixty five, maybe even one sixty. You know, once you hit that one sixty mark, take it off the grill, leave it tented and covered because it'll in the next fifteen minutes it'll bring it up to one sixty five, which is the lowest uh, safe temperature for for poultry. So you're going to lower that temperature down to 160 or 165 because once you hit that 170 mark, you, I know you said it's still juicy. I think you're going to see a huge difference Okay. Uh, there with, with your your turkeys. So you're saying, so I measure I go out every 20 minutes or so and I kind of mm -hmm. I, I stick the thermometer in the center. Once that gets to 160, 165, call it good. Leave it in the container, though. Right, off bring the grill. It Pull it off okay. the grill. Leave it in the container, tented, closed tight. Boom. Yep. That residual heat's going to push its way through the meat. Okay. Now, remember in our last conversation here on, on the show, we talked about the eye grill. Right. So you can actually monitor that temperature oh, that's in true. your turkeys yeah. without having to go out there and open it up, let the heat out. It'll cook yeah. probably an hour faster if you don't have to open that up. That's what Jim's so going to order from Amazon right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so remember, you know, that has the opportunity then for you to actually cook, cut your cooking time. So are you going to do two turkeys on the same grill? Two on the same grill. Good. And that, that worked for you last time? Yep. That you've done? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, pick your bigger turkey. Like if you've got one that's 24 pounds and one's 22 pounds, you know, put the thermometer in the thickest part of the biggest turkey. So middle part of the breast, make sure the, the probe's not touching the bone. And when that hits 160, 165, pull it out, and you're, you're done with it. This is great. Let me show you. So let me flip over and make sure I'm looking at the right thing from a tech perspective. So we're on Amazon. Is this the uh, the iDevices iGrill Mini? Would that work for me? Um, you think? Bluetooth range. Yeah, so it connects to your phone, Bluetooth. Yeah, I think that would work work well for you. And would that... Is that, there... Uh, look in the... Um, I would look further in the description to make sure to see how big the probe is. Let's see this item. Okay, Bluetooth, grilling thermometer, mobile device, 150 hours. Doesn't say in here. Okay, well, okay. head back up to the picture and let's open up. Uh, let's so here's the. There's the probe. Do you, can you see the? Yeah, I think that would work fine for your turn. Okay. Yeah. Just find that find a spot and get it as get it in there as deep as I can get it. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, mid middle of the breast, and make sure that cord is long enough for it to work on your grill with the turkey, I guess, yeah, too. Let me, let me. I'll put that back up there so it's showing. Say say. Oh, the cord's long enough, right? Yeah, from the probe to the monitor. Okay. Yeah, that. I looks, think that would be my only concern, but it's built for the grill, so it should have a pretty good sized. Right. I I think it. I think it does. It looks at least on the picture here. It looks like it does. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's you know this is um this is forty bucks. I mean it's not terrible. From that standpoint, That's it would be a, a good price. Awesome way. Uh, an awesome way to to continue to monitor that and not ever have to open the because. You know my my um, process is then when I um, when I'm done, the the bacon comes off the top and it reseasons the grill. So I just throw it right, you know, pull the turkeys off, 
take the bacon, throw it on the grill, and I just kind of cook that. And it's messy, but I want it to be messy. I want that bacon grease to because the the I have a cast iron grate for mm-hmm. my for my grill, and it it dries out after a couple hours of of that heat, and so that that um, bacon grease just reseasons it, and I'm back in business. Right? Yeah, At that that's point, perfect. the grill's back to. And then whatever whatever bacon we get out of that goes on a plate. It's not a lot, but we get some. Goes on a plate, goes in the house. The kids, the tradition has been the kids. That's the kids' hors d'oeuvre before. <laughs> now, that's perfect. It is, it's awesome. The kids love it. Now, the last couple of years, they have not taken me up on that. We always have bacon left over. And I, that's such a crime because I eat it all <laughs> at that point. <laughs> just go ahead and give me the bacon. I'll just eat it. Don't worry it's, about it. <laughs> I got it. And then I get I'm over there for I get over there for lunch, uh, and I'm not even hungry. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. oh, "You can have any turkey?" I'm like, "No, I just ate two pounds of bacon." <laughs> I really ate some bacon. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> That's awesome. So okay, so th- two great tips there: brine it, mm-hmm. which I've never done before. Yeah. Temperature, get it to that spot. We'll get this. I'll get this um, eye grill thing going, and probably take some pictures of it at the same time and, and oh, drop in a post. Yeah. yeah, and then. Anything from a seasoning standpoint, when we're talking about, is there anything else? If I've got bacon, this I started this whole thing with this cheesy garlic Italian dressing, which sure. is oily, and it goes down to the bottom and creates a really kind of a hot pocket of moisture that's kind of coming well, up here's the, the Well, here's the other crazy part that I'm going to tell you is actually for the way that you're cooking your turkey in a tent, you know, it's in a container, it's in a tent, it's covered, literally flip your bird over if over upside down so the breast is actually on the bottom i've done because that before once because you're really not getting that like you know roasted golden brown turkey that, right. that you would get in an open air roast so you know really what that does is it forces all of those juices down from the legs in the back into into the the turkey breast so give that a shot I mean, here's here's one more quick tip for you in terms mm-hmm. of that try it with a chicken you know this weekend Brine a chicken overnight and just roast it, you know, in the oven, and you, you know, you'll see a huge difference. Yeah. You know. Okay. Fair enough. And don't be sh- and don't be shy because uh, with putting certain things that you like into your brine, I put a lot of garlic into my brine as well. Oh, freshly chopped garlic, garlic powder or no, like freshly just... chopped garlic. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that, that I forgot to tell you that earlier. That's one of okay. those things us chefs do. We forget to tell you like one ingredient. To, uh, <laughs> and then you're like, why didn't this work? Oh, you forgot oh, yeah. the secret sauce. Yeah, you forgot the garlic. <laughs> so as far as seasonings are concerned, I, you know, continue to do what you do. I don't okay. think you, you need to do anything different. I think you're not really getting a lot out of the oil and the uh, vinegar that's in the, the dressing part of it. Really what you're getting is and maybe this might be helpful, is to, instead of buy that, buying that cream, is it like, what is che- it? A it's like a cheesy cream? garlic Italian salad okay. dressing. So get yourself some of the dry powder, you know, the, the dry salad oh, dressing mix. Yeah, yeah. And just rub it on and put the bacon on over the top of that. Because okay. you're really not getting anything out of the oil and the vinegar. It's just um, wasted... Sure, okay. and you can make it. You you can make yourself a little paste with you know some extra bacon fat that you cooked from bacon. Yeah, you know the the day before, make a little paste, rub it on there, put the bacon over the top of it, and do your thing. Um, or just get yourself some good Italian seasoning and maybe some dried Parmesan, you know, grated Parmesan or something like that. 
um, and then put the bacon, you know, make your mix out of that. You want to, you want a nice little, this is the technical term now. You want a nice little bit of sludge to go ahead and, and rub all over the, yeah. the turkey. So it'll kind of stick to it and, yeah, exactly. and be there, be present during the yeah. cooking. Yeah, that's a good idea. On top of that. Okay. Well, I, I really don't think you're getting anything out of the oil and the okay. butter. Well, that's good to know. That yeah. has been something I've done from the very beginning. I thought it was kind of my secret sauce, so to speak. It, it has I was like, been, and it's probably worked great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the other, like I said, try a chicken before you do it for Thanksgiving because you may not uh, like it. Hmm. You know? Okay. So, you know, do a little experiment this weekend when you, you roast a chicken, do the same technique. But instead of putting it on the grill, just put it in your oven. Yeah. But, you know, get the idea, see if you like it, and then then do it. Okay. You know, and All if right. you don't like it, then just stick with stick with what you know and, you know, play with it throughout the year before you unleash it onto your family. Right. Right. Well, and every year we try something different from that standpoint. I a couple years ago I introduced Heinz fifty seven sauce into the mm-hmm. mix too. And that uh helped kind of sludge like you talked about. That helped kind of sludge up everything. I poured Heinz fifty seven and then would, would spread it out and then everything I put on it would stick mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Kind of deal. And that uh, that worked out well and that uh that fifty seven sauce. It's one of my favorite it's just one of my favorite sauces. So it sure worked out really well. And it would add a little bit as it cooked in there, would add a little bit of that flavoring to it as well, which I really liked. So now do you have something against like regular roasted turkey? Uh no. Okay. <laughs> it just was <laughs> it was just fun. It was one of those sure. things that we started doing and I'm like, I wonder if we put bacon on well it started in a Dutch oven, you know, we yeah. have a, I, and, and I just did a, you know, I was just doing a, a single breast uh, mm-hmm. of turkey at that point. And then it just got, you know, each year it was like, well, what else could I add to this to, sure. to make it different? But I love the tech ad. I've been looking for a way to add some tech to this. And yeah, I, love I think that'll the, work well for you. I love that. I'll, we will add that. One thing well. I will mention too, you talked about, you know, you put an apple and, or, you know, some other aromatics right. in there. Right. Whatever you, I mean, it's okay to add stuff to the center of your turkey, but don't ever make stuffing. Just make a good dressing on the side um, and make sure that whatever you put inside your bird, that it's loose and there's still enough room for the air to circulate because it allows the bird to cook faster and, and get that internal temperature up fast enough so it's not, you know, in the back, you know, the food danger zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One time I cooked them, I uh, actually was using a smoker to do this, and I cooked it mm-hmm. for four or five hours, and it the, the, the breast meat literally just peeled off when I was done. It just peeled off, that and it was great. so good. Oh, my gosh, it was good. My parents, that was, I think, the first time I did it, that happened, and my dad was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> so every year I went up to see him. I got there. There's a bird in the fridge. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's waiting like, you're, for you. You're you're cooking a bird this year, right? You're gonna you're gonna cook our bird, and not for Thanksgiving. This was Labor Day weekend. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I cooked a turkey for them, and he always got the biggest one. And they had this little smoker, yeah. uh, so it was uh, it was absolutely. So that's kind of how over the last decade or so, I've kind of sure. become the bird man, so to speak. Well, let's talk a little bit about that too, because smoking is a great you know, is a great way to cook meat. You know, you see it with briskets and ribs, et cetera. And last time when I was on the show, we talked about the, um, the immersion circulator, right? right? By, right. by a company called PolyScience. And since then, and actually before then, we just didn't talk about it last time. 
you know, if you like smoked products, they actually have a thing called the smoking gun. And so really what that does is it's, um, it actually creates smoke and you, so for instance, in your case, if you wanted to, um, like add even more smoke element to your Turkey. And since you already have the tent, you take the wood chips and you put it in, it's basically like, uh, an electric pipe, you know? And so they have a little reservoir where you put wood chips in and it heats up the wood chips and it shoots the smoke out of a tube into a closed container. So in your case, you could actually stick the tube into, yeah, there you go. There's a version of it. You can stick your, your tube into your little, um, uh, your turkey tent, if you will. Okay. And it heats it up and it will add a smoke element to the food. Now you can do this with, with everything other than meats and et cetera. You can actually do like, you know, smoked vegetables, et cetera. But the idea is, and this is actually inexpensive enough to where you could probably, you know, get it for your home, home use, but it gives you the opportunity to provide that essence of smoke without actually using a, a large smoker, even a small smoker outside. And I know you're right now you're showing ones from Amazon and I don't know exactly what the, um, cost is on it for me oh here i'll go back and uh 100 bucks 99 bucks it's not too bad you know if you got amazon prime it's 100 dollars out the door Mm -hmm. and really what you can do is you can actually create some really dramatic presentations i know they showed there on amazon where you could you know you can actually have a plate with your food on it and have a dome over it and you feed that smoke into the dome and close it off so when you present your food to your family or your guests this is kind of she she fancy but um, you take the, the cloche off, or in this case, they've got a, uh, just a glass. You take the glass off, and the smoke comes up, and it really uh, perfumes the air and really gives you that essence of smoke, which is a great thing. But it also affects the flavor of the actual meat. So I think it's one of those, it's one of, uh, you know, it's not 100% practical. And if you're going to be grilling, but you may not have a smoker, mm-hmm. you can always add, you know, uh, the smoker wood chip box to your grill and it and it'll have a similar effect but use it in conjunction with the immersion circulator if you want and it provides kind of that smoky flavor to your you know seared beef even though you're not uh, you're not cooking it necessarily on fire the yeah. the with the envelope around it and just a little a little section opened on those am i mm-hmm. going to get smoke inside there if if i have a smoke box and i, I don't use it very much mm-hmm. but would in that scenario, is that hole open enough to get smoke flavor in there? Well, I think something for as large as a turkey, like I think you'd get the essence of smoke a little bit on the outside. I think the smoking gum might be best suited for you know smaller objects where that smoke will help okay. permeate. Um, in your case, use the smoker box if you if you want to add that smoke to it. Yeah, and I haven't uh, the way we've been doing it. I'm I'm okay with a non-smoked turkey. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, that hasn't been with the, with the bacon flavor. You know, we we pick up, we get a real hickory flavored bacon, right. and yeah. so we kind of pick up some hickory there on that. Yeah. It's all personal preference too. So yeah, no, and to taste, and they they they're different every year. You know, even though yeah. I 
try to follow the same rules and do the, some of the same things. I do change things up. And then, like, I'll be looking around in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that before. Maybe I'll give this a try. You know, the year I, I also take two big pans. Uh, actually, I've used, you know, uh, big foil pans that you can buy. You know, they're a buck fifty, whatever, at Baker's. Yeah. And um, in years past, I've made the envelope, and then I've put that envelope in the pan, in a single pan, and put it on the grill. Well, the problem is that the bottom of that pan gets all black and yucky, and you I, you go out there with um, gloves to pull it off, and then it transfers onto the gloves. It's in a mess. And so this year I thought, you know, hey, Jim, be smart. I'm going to get two pans, <laughs> right, and then leave the leave the second leave the outside pan on the grill and pull it up out by the the inside pan and then that, that part will be completely clean and then I can take that into the house and kind of yeah. transfer it in that way. So something I learned kind of just in this year I was thinking about it I'm like okay how am I going to do this? Well, it's not that much more expensive. Now, at the end of the day, I spend a lot of money on these turkeys. I mean, that's probably the most expensive meat we will eat all year, including some of the good steak that we get. By the time you think about all the prep time and the gas and the all the stuff, sure, the bacon, you know, all that stuff. Now that now you have the eye grill that you're gonna you know add into that. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna. My wife's going to just absolutely come apart. She's like, are you kidding me? You're remotely monitoring the temperature of the meat. And You're I'm like, honey, say, it's going to save us yes. time. <laughs> it's going to save us time. Don't worry. Like, how, I've how, already saved us. Yeah. You know, I've already saved us an hour. Like, <laughs> think how valuable my time is. Exactly. It's already paid for itself. It sounds like you've done this before. That's what it sounds uh, like yeah, to I've me. tried. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely tried. Yes. Well, hey, thanks for the advice on that. I'm glad I recorded. I will probably go back and uh, and and uh, watch or listen to that again just to kind of sure. get the brining tri- tips and stuff like that. So thanks for, for that info. Hey, in the show notes, you had dropped some information, and, and let's just talk real quick about the this idea of technology coming to the fridge because this is where it's we've joked about this for a long time this stuff's real now i mean it's oh yeah there's no more joking it's all jetson's stuff now yeah what do you think as a as a food guy what do you think of this in the kitchen is this is this helpful is it a gimmick is it a joke are we Uh, seriously going to do this well what's really what we're talking about is lg has been really touting this whole uh, smart kitchen system and home system appliances. They, they really want to become kind of the, the leader in real technical advance when it comes to their, their appliances. So they've got an oven, a refrigerator, and a washing machine that, um, that they're releasing that you can actually talk to via a chat app, much like your text message. Like you and I would check text message back and forth. You can say, Hey, Oven, I don't know if they've got a special term that you'd use for it, but like, hey, oven, I want you to preheat in 30 minutes to 450 degrees on the way home. And we've seen a little bit of this with um, when we talked about the emergent circulator last time. Anova has a, uh, their emergent circulator actually communicates to an iOS app that you can do, I think, I believe, while you're on the same Wi Fi network. Um, and, I, and so according to LG, they're actually, you can just talk to the app and it's registered to this particular refrigerator or this particular oven. So one of the great things about, let's say, the refrigerator, you know, yes, we can preheat the, the oven uh, 
you know, before we get home. And so we can put the lasagna in when we walk in, walk in the door and everything, you know, moves along a little bit faster. But one of the things that they're talking about with this refrigerator is they're actually going to allow you to, um, by having a camera that's inside, see what your inventory is in your fridge without ever having to open the door and, and possibly away from home. So what this will allow you to do is, one, know what you have on hand. Like, let's say you're at the grocery store and you're like, oh, do I have eggs? Uh, I should check. So I don't want to bring home another dozen if I've got a, you know, a dozen sitting in the fridge, which has happened to me you know, plenty of times. But So you can check on that sort of thing. It also is supposed to um, have a, like a freshness uh, date that goes along with it. So it allows you to know like when you put something in the fridge and how long it's been in there and if it's still fresh. But then here's kind of like where the overarching magic comes in. It's supposed to be able to suggest recipes based on the ingredients you still have in the refrigerator, which I, I think will be will be neat. Um, so some things by weight, right? Where it's it I, I, I saw have a that. feeling it's gonna be like an kind of an OCR type thing where yeah. it's gonna recognize what it is by either shape or or okay. Or, um, you know, letters. You know, there on, was on the one I read where, like, when you're putting the milk back in, it'll recognize you're putting the milk jug in, and so then it the 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 um, shelves are weighted, and so it will know. Oh, hey, wait a minute! You took this much milk out. Uh, it and it'll know when your milk's getting low, so sure. you know when to order more milk. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's going to be kind of neat to to see stuff like that happen. And we're seeing more and more of these, um, even the smaller appliances. I've I've read about crockpots that have that are able to use like the Wemo technology uh, to to set and start and stop. So I think that's where we're heading. I I don't think there's going to be any like grand um, new revolution in terms of cooking technology. We've seen some things with like. Um, uh, some of the heating technologies, you know, micro, the microwave was really like the last big invention in the for the kitchen. Yeah, you know, and that's still I as a cook, I don't particularly care for. I use it to heat up my coffee, and that's that's about it. You know, so I think we're seeing kind of using these ancillary technologies, you know, to communicate with the the appliances as as the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, certainly, if you want to go check those out, uh, I think they're coming to a retailer near you. They're probably not what the link, I'll, and I'll throw this in the show notes as well. Um, they're probably not in every market yet. They're, of course, uh, they're going to hit Asia here probably first and make their way into the U.S., but uh, go out and take a peek at those. I, I don't know, Ryan. I like the idea. I don't like it. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know. It gets, it's like, it's like these fitness devices, you know, and it was just a Fitbit and it measured steps and a few other things. It was great. And now they have so many things they measure. You almost get overwhelmed by all the measurements, you know, sure. and you're like, wow, oh, now I got to input this. And what's supposed to save you time ends up meaning you got to check your stats more, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of like, I don't know, you know, do I really need that? Hey, we're going to save the, we're, we're running uh, up against uh, my time here, but I want to save the echo discussion to do a home tech tips here in the post show. So are you, are you good to stay around for a few more minutes? 
Sure, sure. After we're done, okay. Um, yeah. We did get a question from Ken in the chat, and he he is he's wanting to cook an egg in the microwave, and when he does it right now, it just it's yeah, it's sticky. And you got any um, you got any tips if he wants to do? And then if you don't like the microwave, how would you do that um, <laughs> efficiently and quickly? My tip would have been don't cook it in the microwave. <laughs> but um, if you're not doing a scrambled style egg, actually, you know, I've seen. You know, you can put it in a little plastic cup, you know, mix it together, salt and pepper, and, and, and microwave it for a few, I don't know if it's 35 or 45 seconds to a minute and a half. I, I, I can't remember the last time I've done it. But, you know, it makes a fluffy, scrambled-style egg. I think you kind of get what you're, you know, you're, if you... What is the old saying? If you if you input crap, you get out crap, or yeah. your outputs crap. Garbage in, like garbage in, garbage, garbage in, garbage out. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very a, a much more mm-hmm. succinct way of saying it. garbage in, garbage out. So, you know what? Get yourself a really nice uh, nonstick pan. Scramble an egg. It takes thirty seconds. I made two omelets in a minute and a half this morning for myself and my fiance, and it just takes a matter of of practice, really. You know, little pat of butter and the in the pan mm-hmm. scramble your egg in a separate bowl before you put it in there put your heat up on high really work your 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 high heat rubber spatula in the pan to get it together leave it nice and loose it should be shiny take it out of the pan and it'll be cooked by the time you're ready to eat it you know it take honestly a scrambled egg in a pan you know is literally no time at all yeah and we do ours we have cast iron and i throw it on an electric there you go and boom, I heat it up, and actually um, a little bit of spray, but a little bit we a little bit of bacon bits in there. Just to pull them out of the fridge, not a lot, just a little bit of bacon bits. They kind of sizzle, and everything then, is bacon. Do you see? I have a shirt that says that I wear from time. It says everything's better with bacon. <laughs> you could do that with sausage too. Uh, we pre, you know, we get some sausage that we pre cook and then put in the fridge. And when we're cooking eggs, we'll pull that out and then just 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 to throw a pinch in there. Mm-hmm. To kind of season it a little bit, and then throw the eggs in on top of it, and uh, and it works great. So, I I did that too. Like when I want to make an egg sandwich, I would mm-hmm. uh, get a bowl, a nice glass uh, microwavable bowl, and I would just do a quick spray in it, and then throw the scrambled egg in there and cook it in the microwave, and it literally would, it would just pop. Oh up. yeah, yeah. I mean so. that 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 works, and it's totally fine if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, but I do have a feeling they they leave the eggs a little to me just a little too rubbery. They're they're not great, yeah. But you know, if if you're uh, if you're in a hurry and you want to do that, uh, and, and if you want to, I just find uh, Sarah will boil a whole dozen eggs and put those in a special carton, and then uh, we, you know, if you want to do a, if you just want to do a raw egg or not raw, but a, a hard boiled egg. What are you rocky all of a sudden? Uh, yeah. Yo, just, hey Adrian. Just tip back <laughs> a couple of raw eggs. <laughs> just throw it back. I got to get my protein. Well. We'll, um, we're going to bring this in for a landing. Ryan's going to stay around for a few minutes. We'll do a, a – a, a, hold on. What do you, what do you put up there? I had my orange. Nice. There my you go. The, the back to beer. the mustache as we, yep. as we wrap up the show. Uh, Ryan's going to stay around. We're going to do a, a home tech tip here at the end. We're going to talk about the Echo. I've got some questions for him about the Echo in the kitchen, and so that will be our home tech tip. Um, you'll have to go out to theaverageguy.tv to hear that. It's a whole separate podcast to just – a five to ten minute discussion about something very quickly, 
and uh, and then that's something you don't have to listen to the whole podcast to get. And Ryan, thanks for staying around. I'll remind you to use our Amazon affiliate link with everything we talked about here. Again, if you want to use that, theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon, or now the new one for Canada, theaverageguy.tv I'm sorry, theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon CA. Uh, Ryan, the way that works is John Zadler, who's one of our Canadian residents up there. He actually set that up, or I helped set it up for him. And anything people buy in Canada, he takes those dollars, he buys tech equipment, and then he messes around with it and he reports on it. So, Oh, that's, that's awesome. Our, yeah, yeah, it worked out real well. He's kind of a tinkerer, hacker, slasher, uh, uh, what's, the, what's that tool that you cut stuff with? Um, uh, a knife. It's uh, no. Why oh, can't a <laughs> zip 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 tool? One of those zip. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have no idea actually. Uh, I should know that the chat. Somebody room, in the chat room will know. Somebody in the chat room will tell me here, and. Um, so uh, both of those work. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. We've had about 50 or 60 of you do that since I started doing it a couple months ago. It's uh, not a lot of spam. I just send you out one message a month, just kind of a little what's going on in the network and some links, some helpful links for those of you who are not on social network. That's kind of a great way to do it. And then one last reminder, and uh, Ryan's out there with us on Saturday mornings as well, but we, uh, we're out at Ask the Podcast Coach. If you want a fun, you don't even have to be a podcaster. We just have a good time out there talking about tech and social networking. It revolves around podcasting, but Dave Jackson and I, from time to time, Ryan Guest uh, hosted in my seat uh, at one point when I was uh, not able to make it. Very Asked, honored to do so. You did a great job, so thank, thank you for you. doing that as well. Askthepodcastcoach.com is where that's at, 9.30 a.m. Central, 10.30 Eastern. And, of course, you can catch this show live almost every Thursday night. It's going to be weird over the next two months because Thanksgiving, what we just talked about tonight, and then Christmas are both on Thursdays here in the U.S. this year, so... That's uh, that's I'm I'm gonna take those nights off, so we won't be live. But I always say like 50 out of 52 weeks out here at theaverageguy.tv/live. We'll be back next week. We've got a bunch of fitness stuff. No, is next week Thanksgiving? Is next week Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Okay, so no, we won't be here next. But the week after that, we've got some fitness stuff coming up. My coward's coming back to talk about cameras uh, and camera technologies. We've got a bunch of cool stuff lined up for you. And so don't forget to come out and listen. We'll be back two weeks. Everybody have, if you're here in the U.S. or maybe you're abroad and you're, you're, you celebrate Thanksgiving, everybody have a very good Thanksgiving. We'll be back here in two weeks. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Good night. <laughs>